And here we are doing another edition of the Go Shadoo Sports Podcast. How about that? Huh? We're near the end of the year. Crazy. Think about it. Austin Huff, sports editor, gracing you with uh, my presence of my voice on this air on these airwaves. Uh, Evan Leepak, also here with his uh, dulcet tones. Evan? Dulcet tones. Yep. Yep. That's what you have. The yep. pipes, baby. The pipes. Um, I don't know. Maybe sometimes I... Uh... Don't get my pipes out as far as I should, you know. A little, little monotone. Mm-hmm. Try to do my best to uh, not do that on this podcast, but uh, there's no way I'll ever get to uh, your your point of enthusiasm when you're talking. So wow, well, I'm gonna bring that out of you, bud. You gotta. We gotta talk about the Florida Gators or something for like 20 minutes, and then I'll get it out of you. So. Would rather not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We'll get into some college football talk later in the episode. Obviously, some uh, crazy week at Notre Dame. We were sitting here at this time last week. We were um, hypothesizing who could be the next head coach at Notre Dame for football. And uh, I don't want to brag, but I kind of guessed it right the whole way. Had it for Monday night, saying it should be Marcus Freeman. And uh, guess what? It was. So uh, we will talk about that later in the show, but we got to get to local stuff first. This is obviously a locally focused sports podcast. And... uh, Evan, just going to say it. Don't sleep on Goshen. Don't sleep on Goshen. Don't sleep Got on Goshen. Don't sleep on Goshen. Shh. Don't sleep on Goshen. <laughs> Don't sleep. I love that Sheila liked your tweet about that last night. Yeah. I noticed that. I was like, Sheila gets it. Uh, she remembers. If you, you said know, it enough in, on this podcast. In, infamously, infamously, I said, don't sleep on Goshen going into the boys basketball sectional last year. And they lost by 30 to Penn in the first game. So, you know, now it's become a bit. And Evan likes to remind me that I, you know, said don't sleep on Goshen. But for real, for real, maybe, really, don't sleep on Goshen boys basketball. Picked up a big win last night, Tuesday night over Elkhart. 51-43 in a game that they led the whole way. In the historic and venerable. The historic North and Northside venerable. It's, in, it's important to mention both historic and venerable. Right, the PA guy just said historic. Very disappointing. And Chuck Freebie, you know, recurring guest on the podcast, he tweeted out that it's the venerable Northside gym. But it's very important to make sure you note it's historic and venerable. Well, um, I mean, what's more um, disappointing, apparently, was the crowd. Oh, my God. I'm not, I don't want to get off on too far of a, a tangent here, but the crowd at Northside Gym last night was pretty depressing. Um, you have an 8,000-seat gymnasium. It's Goshen and Elkhart, so it's two-county. It's historic. It's venerable. It's historic and venerable. you got to really remember that. Um, you have two. You have a, it's an in-county rivalry, right? Goshen and Elkhart, both teams show signs of promise early in the season. You have the TV 46 is there for the game. They don't do Tuesday games ever, and they're there for this game. And they're, I don't even know if there was a 1,000 people in the gym. It was. Uh, I bet Chuck Freebie said something about it on his telecast. He did. Also, side note, somehow I have internet. How did this happen? Well, in this we're in a building, we are in a building with Wi-Fi, so in theory you could get it. But this, this, this is room is never. Our podcast room does not catch Wi-Fi well, but every once in a while I get it back here. Uh, anyway, Red Hawks, 51, Lions, 43. Really, just whatever the crowd is, regardless of the crowd size, a very good win for Goshen. This is a team that they lost to last year in the regular season by like 30. And so to get a win like this on the road in a game you lead start to finish, you know, they, they never really pulled away. The biggest lead was 10, like to start the fourth quarter, but Elkhart always hung around. But to never give up that lead... 
you know, and actually like maintain it. Like that's a quality victory. It's a sign it's a of a uh, mature basketball team it to close it out the way they did, making their free throws in a road environment, even though it wasn't very hostile. Mm-hmm. But still a big step early in the season. Yeah, Drew Hogan uh, breakout game, I guess, for on this season. He only had like. Uh, like six points in the opener against Fairfield. He only had two against Mishawaka. Marion didn't play the second half, which obviously affected that. I think he had 13 against LaVille Saturday. Not the, you know, best team in the world, LaVille. They won 73-37, Goshen did. But 22 points last night. Went, you know, made his free throws down the stretch. He got the he got Goshen jump-started in the beginning of the game, eight points in the first quarter. Hit the first three of the game, put him up 3-0, and it was just kind of like a tone setter. You were like, all right, like, I guess he's got his swagger back, right? And this is what happens with Hogan. Like, he did this last year, too, coming off the cross-country season, the first couple games. A little sluggish. Maybe didn't have his basketball legs fully under him. And then he had, I think, the game against, I forgot who they played, like third or fourth game, like East Noble maybe. Even though they lost, he had a good game or Fairfield. And it was just like, a, yeah, like this guy's, he's got it back. Like, this is, you know, he's back to being, you know, one of the best point guards in the area, Drew Hogan. So... He had 22 points. Quinn Bechtel had a heck of a game, all-around game. 17 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Did a little bit of everything. Got into foul trouble late, but they did a great job, Goshen did. Coach Mike Wolford did a good job of balancing, getting Quinn on offense and subbing him out on defense for uh, with Andre Williams, a sophomore, who stepped up and made a huge play. Uh, Wolford said it was the biggest play of the game, but the jump ball he caused with 45 seconds left in the game that gave the possession arrow to Goshen up five. And then they, you know, inbound the ball, get fouled, make two free throws, they're up seven. Game's all but over, basically, at that point. Goshen goes on to win by eight. So, uh, that is a good win. That is a good win. They're 3-1. and one. Big game Saturday. South Bend St. Joseph coming to town. St. Joe's a really good 3A team. Obviously, no J.R. Kosinski anymore. Uh, but He's chilling on the bench at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Because Wesley, Wesley is, uh, you know, Blake Wesley's he's taking up all the, ACC, all the time. If, if uh, Paulo, what's his name, Bonchero, a Duke, how do you say his last name? If Bonchero wasn't playing, I think Wesley would be the front runner for uh, freshman of the year in the ACC at this point. Yeah, he can't. If there was, a, if there was an all-freshman team. He's going to probably make the all-freshman Probably make team. the all-freshman yeah. team. So, uh, really good win for Goshen. They're 3-1. and one. And their one loss was to Mishawaka Marion, who's the top-ranked team in 3A. Beat Mishawaka by 27 last night I saw. Right. And, you know, Marion, Goshen didn't have Hogan for the second half of that game, basically. He got injured 30 seconds into the second half. And they were only down nine going into the fourth quarter. Like, I'm not saying Goshen wins that game, but, like, the final score ended up being, like, 56-39. It's probably a little bit closer if Hogan plays, and they're at full strength, like, Maybe they only lose by eight or nine total. I guess you he know, didn't have a concussion because he, he came yeah. back pretty quick. He uh, he he definitely was a little banged up, but he he it was nervous for about a quarter. He would have he was cleared to go back into the fourth quarter of that game. I was sitting near the bench and I could hear them say he was he was eligible. Like the doctor cleared him to, to be able to go back in, but Wolford didn't want to risk it. Second game of the year, you know, he's like look, he's just looking out for Drew's health, you know, and that's. Smart because you got a long season, and if you think you can achieve some of the things that they think they can achieve, you don't want to run him, run the risk of him getting more hurt against Marion. And it's no offense to that game; it's a big game for Goshen and Marion. But like, 
It's very early. Doesn't matter. And, and it's in the not long a conference. Run, like you're trying yeah, to get ready it's not for a conference March, game. Right? So, so, yep. This isn't March Madness. That sort of is. You think Indiana high school basketball can be uh, compared to March Madness a little bit in a, in a minuscule way? It is. It basically is like little March Madness. Is There's a reason why they keep the boys' basketball tournament in March. Is that is that? Are you kidding? Or are you? Serious? No, I'm serious. Wow. I mean, I know it's a big deal here. I guess that makes sense. Though. They moved the girl. The girls' basketball tournament used to pretty much go at the same time as the boys' basketball tournament, and they moved the girls' season up a couple weeks so that way they could leave the boys' basketball tournament in March and have nothing like interfere with it. That's how big it is. I know you're hyped for uh, the opportunity to cover postseason basketball in a few months with uh, you know the environments the way they're going to be again. You hope you hope. I mean. Can't get any more worse at Northside Gym than what it was Tuesday, crowds-wise. Sectional last year, even with the restrictions, had a decent number of people there at Northside. And that's sectional, and I get it, it's a bigger game, and you know. But again, Goshen and Elkhart, like in county rivals, like big schools, should have big student bases, and neither student section really showed up. It was really sad. You counted how many Goshen students were there? I counted 13 Goshen students in the during the national anthem. I counted them. 13 were there. Maybe the maybe section. a couple stragglers walked there in. Might have been, walked in but late. The Elkhart, the Elkhart people, there might have been like 40 students in their student section. It wasn't. Yeah, it was just sad. It really was. So it's your column. Eh. <laughs> it's good win for Goshen, but it's, it's column yeah. worthy. It's column worthy. So they're three and one. Uh, maybe another. Don't sleep on team Fairfield, who only lost to Goshen by one. Only lost to Goshen by one point. Fairfield now three and one. Caleb Wright twenty four points in a fifty five forty two victory over Lakeland Tuesday Jeez. night. You knew he was going to get it going. Mm-hmm. He's too talented of an offensive player. He was a little slow in the first game of the season, obviously against Wawasee, but he still ended up scoring double digits. Right, that's what's funny. It's also his first varsity high school basketball game ever. He's a senior, but it was his first varsity basketball game because he, you know, was at Benton Homeschool for a couple of years. So the Bucks, go Bucks. He, he went in for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. So did his brother. Mm-hmm. He, he's not quite the prolific scorer that Caleb is, obviously, but he can he can knock down shots. He's better on the defensive side of the ball, obviously. He's got a big frame. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't want to mess with him, uh, you know, going to the basket. And you got Connor Wright right there under the basket. But, uh, yeah, I'm very impressed with what uh, Heinen's done so far. First-year head coach, very young. He's obviously brought a spark to Fairfield. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that they're going to be – they're already a lot better than they were last year. Already have more wins than they had last They've year. already gotten more wins, yeah. So, I expect that to continue. Obviously, their, their schedule gets a little tougher down the stretch yeah. here. Yeah. The rest of the a, way. They've had a couple easy ones to start. I mean, Goshen and Wallace are tougher – NLC teams, you know, and they beat Wawasee by one and they or two, and they beat Goshen or lost only Goshen by one. So they get Northwood on Saturday. Saturday should so be a good one. That'll be kind of a litmus litmus test. Mm-hmm. Lit, litmus is that? Am I saying it correctly? Yes. All right, but yeah, that that'll be what that will be. Northwood pivoting to Northwood a little bit. Three and L. They're ranked number six in the Class Two A poll this week. Um, they have a couple interesting games this week too. The Fairfield game on Saturday. Play Westview this Thursday. Should be a dandy Westview-Northwood. It's always a competitive game, it feels like, between those two programs. Fun matchup. Yeah. Mason Yoder. Ian Roush. Those Rausch. two. Roush. 
Rosh. I'm going to say Rosh. <laughs> Rosh. Dude, how... I, I said... Kate, Kate. I, wait, wait, listen to me. I got his voice animated. Listen to me. <laughs> so, I, so I say Rosh. And you Rosh. What, and what'd you say? Rosh. It's so like... Rosh. Minuscule Rosh. difference. How do you even pick it up? Rosh. Rosh. You're saying Rosh. Like R-O-U-S-H. It's Rosh. R-A-A-S-H. S-C-H. You'd think I'd be better with that because, you know, speaking for someone whose last name has been botched a thousand times, you'd think I'd be, uh, you know, more <laughs> respectful to other people's pronunciations of their last name. You don't name. care, obviously. You don't care about anything. Well, I have, I have, a, lot of, <laughs> I have a lot of players to uh, keep up with hey. in last names. Hey, I mean... But I'm just saying, that matchup, mm-hmm. it'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch. I think it's going to be a really intriguing game. You know, you were there for Westview on Friday. They blew up Busco. I think the final score was what seventy six to thirty seven. So close, seventy five to thirty six. Seventy five thirty six. I knew it was a thirty plus point win, and you know Churubusco obviously graduated a lot of talent from the last two seasons. They're, it was they, their first, their first game too. They are technically the defending sectional champs, but you know they didn't play like that. Obviously on Friday, Westview with Robbie Yoder back on the sideline, they appear to be. Uh, Pretty decent again. Not that they were not that they were bad last year with that Bentley. They were still, you know, co NECC regular season champs. So you, know, you watch them on the court and they just they they look like they're gonna be good. Obviously mm-hmm. Brady and Mason Yoder are solid, but they have a couple other guys that can knock down shots, especially down low and from outside. You know, they did, they were they had four different guys that were making three point shots against Churubusco and you mm-hmm. had you have that kind of that kind of threat. That's that's difficult to defend at times, especially if all four of them are on having a good night. So, and if you come out too far on them, you know, around beyond the arc, I should say, they'll fake you out and go go to the basket because yep. Ma- Mason Yoder did that plenty. You know, he scored dunks. So yeah, breakaway dunks, steals, uh, very active on both sides of the court, and uh, scored over thirty points. And he didn't even play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, much of the second half actually at all. So. Yeah, uh, so Westview, that'll be a fun game with them. Northwood on Thursday night, um, over in uh, Topeka, the hardwood, not the hardwood teepee, the hardwood teepee is Wawasee. Sorry, um, the Warrior Dome, I think, is what they call that gym. Yeah, over in Topeka. I said Westview Gym or something. Yeah, it's fine. In my story, because I mean, it's technically Westview Gym, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, yeah te- the- like how it's technically called Interra Gym at Goshen High School now. Yeah, official. The Westview Whistler was there uh, the night I was there, and he will certainly be there again tomorrow night when they play Northwood. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they say there. I have no idea. I've I've gone to so many Westview games, I have no idea what they say when the Whistler stops. You're just going to a trance. You don't catch it. I think it's what they say something probably like Westview. I don't know. I really don't know what the students say. Probably like Warriors at the end or something. And then uh, West Noble boys, also 3-0. Very, very impressive performance against Wawasee on Saturday. 25-3 second quarter advantage. That's pretty good. 168-37. I wouldn't say Wawasee is a slouch of a team. No, they're not. So, that, that was very surprising to me. Yeah. Now we'll see. Obviously, like that's obviously an intersectional, intrasectional game. You know, those teams might see each other again in March. So, you know, obviously, it's hard to tell in November what you know 
It could have been a fluke game, you know, for either side. But they played last good. year. Last year is the Wallace C Northwood, right? In the the sectional is a close one. And yep, and Northwood, Northwood won. West Noble played Lakeland in the other semifinal, which was a close game. That was a really good sectional last year. Wallace Wallace Tippy Canoe is close. All four games were competitive. Uh, this year, the sectionals at Wallace Obviously, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but. No, it's fun to talk about March. It is fun to talk about March. Three months away. I know. Northwood, Northwood looks good. West Oval looks good. Wawasee, I'm putting them in the scrappy pile. Like, they're going to, or pesky. They're going to win some games they're not supposed to. Right. They might lose a couple they probably shouldn't either, but they're going to be there. They're going to, like, be annoying. Lakeland looks like they're in rebuild mode, which is fine. I was excited about Concord, but they've lost a couple games now. I know. Concord, Concord West Oval tonight, Wednesday night. Should be an interesting game. If Poor I, Concord. I don't have the hours to cover that, but if it uh, if I get done with this work tonight, I might just swing over there as a fan. Wow. You want to go as a fan? Where's the game? Concord. Well, yeah, if it was in West Nova, it would have Yeah, if it was in no. Lincoln Air, I probably wouldn't. I love, no offense to our friends at Lincoln Air, no offense, Sheila. It's a longer drive. Uh, it's a quicker, it's, I could justify the 10-minute drive to Concord to be like, eh, you know. You don't have to pay to go into a game. What? Have to have cash to like buy a ticket? It's crazy. Would we get in for free? No, I wouldn't. We're not working. <laughs> I'm not using my Express credential if I'm not working. I'll just bring a camera in. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm taking photos. I'm taking pictures, and then all you do is take selfies the whole game with the 200 lens. That looks so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we're off to a good start for the boys' basketball season. We'll see how this goes. A um, couple big games, like I said this week, Goshen St. Joe Saturday. Northwood gets Westview and Fairfield this weekend. West Noble Concord. Some fun games this week. It should be good. It should be a good week. Uh, girls' basketball. It's a transition to the girls' basketball chatter. As I noted on the uh, rundown, did you like my different versions of the word talk during the... Um, chatter. Read. I didn't use... Read's discussion. not one of them, but... <laughs> Banter. Discussion, banter, Con- conversation. conversation. You like that? It's pretty good. That was the most creative thing I did yesterday. You said re- Reed's not one <laughs> of them. Reed's not one of them. It was just the absolute <laughs> of the week, Reed. Um, it's coming up. Uh, first off, we had some historic performances last night, Tuesday night. What a what a night for history. Uh, first off, Concord Junior, Aliyah Hirschberger, career program, new program record, obviously a career high for two. Uh, 42 points. And made 10 three-point shots in the victory over South Bend Clay. They won 70, I think it's actually 77 to 43. I wrote down 72, but they won 77 to 43. 42 points, that's that's insane. In high school? Yeah. yeah. She almost outscored Clay by herself. She won away. 10 threes. I think I made 10 threes my whole high school career. I think I've made 10 threes in the last five years. <laughs> what do you mean? You? I don't, I don't play basketball. You don't play basketball. That's why I'm confused. Basketball is, is that a joke? sport. I was trying to make fun of my lack of athletic ability, yes. You should have said, I don't think I've made 10 threes in my life. And ah. that, that would have been that would have made more. I don't think I've made 10 threes so. in my life. Ah, <laughs> got him. <laughs> I'm here all week. Um, what about pickup games? You make it, made a few in yeah. pickup? No, I'm a master of like if I can hit two in a row and I'm feeling good and then I won't make the next 12 I shoot. But that's fine. I made those two in a row. So you gotta you gotta you know guard me. You gotta watch out. I might hit that again. It's a good percentage. Two out of fourteen. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. great. Seven percent. Seven percent. 
shout out to her. School record, 42 points. They're 6-4, and four, had a really tough loss against Northwood on Thursday where they led the whole way, gave up no points in the first quarter, and then the Panthers kind of got hot and made a couple shots, and they won. Um, Fairfield beat them pretty good, but Fairfield's beating everybody. Fairfield's beating everybody. So, so. Uh, Concord, I, I don't know what to think of them. They had a nice comeback win against Wabasee a couple weeks ago. So, I don't know. Uh, you know, they're trying to figure it out. It's a program that historically has been tough or rough, I guess, both. Rough and um, tough. Last year was not a great year after what seemed like it was going to be one. Injuries played a factor in that. Uh, but, you know, if they go above 500 this year somehow, that'll be three year, three out of four years where they're above 500 when they hadn't been above 500 in 25 years prior. So, Progress, what I call that. Yeah, Cassie Cepeda's doing her doing the, her best to build up that program. So, um, it's good to see. That's a, I know Clay, I know Clay's oh. not good really in anything, but still, forty two points is forty two points. Like, okay, who you do that against? That's impressive. So the ball has to go in the hoop. Yeah, doesn't matter who's in the way. Right. But. And then Bethany Christian, sophomore Zoe Willems, also had a monster performance last night. Uh, thirty three points, fifteen rebounds, and they lost. They lost to Lakeland Christian Academy. By three. 52 to 49. Uh, we were do- going through some of the numbers earlier on Zoe Williams' season, and it's just been impressive. So she is averaging 18.4 points, 11.6 rebounds a game. So double double a game. And she's also adding in 2.6 assists and 3.3 steals a game. She has scored 166 of the 323 points for the Bruins so far this season. That is 51.4% of their points. Literally more than half of the offense so far for Bethany Christian is Zoe Willems. That is insane. They're 3-6, and six, and if they didn't have her, they'd be 0-9. Like, she has won them at least three games. Just by herself. She just by herself. throws the whole team on her back. Yeah, and like, I know they're playing without Mariah Solspice. Hopefully they get her back next month, but if... I mean, if they get her back, Mariah, and she's healthy and, you know, plays well, like, yeah, their record isn't great right now, but that seems going to be really hard to beat if they're if Zoe keeps on playing like this and Mariah plays even half of what she played last year, you know? So, solid one-two punch. Yeah. It's crazy that they're still sophomores. Only sophomores, I should say. Yeah. It's insane. So, don't sleep on Bethany? Maybe? I'm not going to put it there yet. I'm not in that category yet. Can't trademark that uh, phrase yet. We've trademarked Don't Sleep on Goshen. But yeah, that's Don't the Sleep on Goshen That's, that's the only sure. one we've trademarked. We should just do a cat. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. We can do a whole segment. A segment every Don't week. Sleep Don't Sleep on, sleep on? Blank. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do it. And then we can, yeah, we could each have a team that we can argue for, you know. Did we just hatch a brilliant idea? Are we going to bring this out in 2022? Maybe. That feels like a 2022 idea. First oh, yeah. episode of I was going to say, why are we waiting a whole year? But 2022 is <laughs> it's like in three weeks, three weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. We will, we'll, you know, when we come back out of winter break, we'll uh, don't sleep on with Austin and Evan. We have to get a uh, thumbnail. And we got to get a sponsor for that. We got to get like Tempur-Pedic or something to sponsor that. Mattress firm. Mattress firm. Yeah. What's the, uh, there's like the uh, discount mattress sale across from the uh, Los Primos, right? The mattress store, Sheila's shaking her head, so I, I'm feeling confident in that. We Get can, them to sponsor it. There you go. We're going to pitch this to Doug. This is definitely going to be pitched to Publisher Doug. 
That sounds like a great idea. Let's get it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Every week, though. But it can be about anything. It could be about a team. It could be, it can be a player. It could be a coach. It could be national, maybe, if you wanted to. It can be a mascot. Don't too sleep on don't sleep on the whistler. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. It's too bad there's no mascots. I haven't seen a single mascot while I've been they here. They really don't have mascots. No. You don't see many mascots. That's whack. In basketball, at least. Some do have for football. Occasionally. I don't remember seeing one. The Red Hawks, Goshen had one for a couple games. Anyway, girls basketball. We're going to discuss Let's talk about Fairfield. Fairfield 9-0. Undefeated. Yeah. Doing fantastic. They are. What's kind of to be expected. Coming off a regional appearance last season. Mm-hmm. Key pieces coming back. Yep. So, this isn't a surprise. They're, but they're doing what they're supposed to. And they're doing so well that you went over there and uh, talked Check to some players, talked to Coach. I, I asked why you're doing Got so well. Got a story going uh-huh. from that. It is the best start in program history. Nine and zero. They were seven and zero when they went to semi-state four seasons ago, 2017-18 year. Lost at Northridge in the NECC NLC shootout, and then I think they lost one other regular season game later. So they finished like 22 and three that year. Went to semi-state. I forgot who they lost to in semi-state. Um, that was before I was here. So, uh, but yeah, I went over there. I talked to Coach Brody Garber, talked to Brooke Sanchez, a senior, talked to Bailey Willard as well, and I uh, asked him just, you know, what's been clicking, you know, how fun has this been, this whole start. Uh, they are a very mature group. You get that vibe just talking to Bailey and, and Brooke that they are, you know, yeah, they're very excited, obviously, and they're, like, noticing it at school. Like, people are, you know, giving them more, uh, you know, pats on the back and, you know, high fives and, you know, compliments and things like that. I don't know if they're actually getting high fives. Get a high five, yeah. yeah oh, you, go. you know, they're getting more compliments and more people are going to come into the games. And, you know, Brooke noted that, you know, we had, we've had more people at our home games and, you know, not many people go to girls' sports. So it's nice to see the bigger crowds, like more people who maybe wouldn't show up are now coming to our games because we're playing well. And uh, Brody Garber, he mentioned, like, yeah, I'm getting more pats on the back this year, uh, even though I was working just as hard four years, three years ago when we were, you know, five and 16, you know. Yeah. Now all of a sudden everyone, you know, loves me because we're winning, right? But he's like, I was probably working harder three years ago than I was now, you know. But uh, they just feel like they're a very mature, confident group. I asked Brody, you know, what are the similarities, differences between the two teams? Like, because I think it's that semi-state run is so – recent that you could do the comparisons probably right like it's still fresh in everyone's brain like if they had gone to semi-state 1990 like oh what are the comparisons like I don't know like it's 30 years it's like, the, game, the game's different I wasn't here you know, so Brody, no Brody mentioned you know just the balance he said the balance of scoring in 17-18 was what stood out in terms of like they had 7-8 girls who were averaging at least 8 points a game usually this team is a little more they have balance, but they're not as balanced, right? Bree Garber, 15 points a game. Brooke Sanchez, 14 points a game. Billy Bailey Willard, 8 points a game. Not Billy Willard. Billy, Billy, <laughs> Bailey, Bailey Willard. Uh, so their, their scoring primarily comes from three players as opposed to like seven or eight players that they had in 2017-18. But, you know, the, he, he feels like they're very similar, though, in terms of like their camaraderie, the experience. That seven that semi state team had seven seniors on it, so that was a senior laden team. 
And this you you know, you got a couple of seniors. Obviously, Garber and Willard are juniors, but Brooks Sanchez is a senior. And so they do have a lot of it coming back still next year, which is crazy to think about. But this feels like it with, with Sanchez there. Like, this feels like this could be the year where they make the run. They're ranked number second in the Class 2A poll. Obviously, it's it's December 8th, so let's – we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Now is when they get really – like, their schedule the next couple weeks is where it gets kind of fun. Lakeland on Friday night, interesting game. Lakeland's playing better. I would think that's a game Fairfield is still, you know, favored in, air quotes. But then it gets really fun next Thursday, Northridge, Fairfield-Northridge. Raiders are 7-2. and two playing really well. Their only two losses are to Crown Point, who's the number one team in the state, and Homestead, who's also like a top ten team in the state. So like Northridge's losses are about as good of losses you can have. Needless to say, we'll probably be uh, covering that game. We we will definitely have some coverage yeah. of that one. That's a, <laughs> almost feels like a must cover at this point. Um, so we will be there and you know, and then they get Fort, Fort Fairfield plays Fort Wayne Snyder uh, before the break, which is that's a big game too, and then coming out of the break, they get Garrett at Garrett, NECC showdown. They're the top two teams in the conference. Garrett's ranked in the top ten in three A. Fairfield obviously top ten in two A, top two in two A right now. Um, that, for all intents and purposes, will probably decide who wins the NECC this year. Huge game in terms of just you know momentum in the season, conference championship. It's at Garrett's. So it's a long road trip, but. Might be making that road trip. Might have to for us. So if Fairfield's in contention to win, if they're still where they're where we think they're going to be at, that's a huge game. Even if you know they don't win all those games necessarily, which they probably won't, just mm-hmm. because some of that competition is a lot more right. fierce than what they have been North, facing. Northbridge is a good four A team. Rarely do good, even a good two A team. It's hard to beat a good four A team. You know, but. I'm not counting Fairfield out against Northridge, but it's still going to be a tough game. And Snyder's also a tough matchup, too. So It's good for them to face that type of competition throughout the regular season because obviously they're a good team. And facing teams like that is only going to make them better for the postseason, mm-hmm. you know, in 2A if you're playing teams above your classification. So, mm-hmm. yep. Fairfield got big wins this past week over Angola and Prairie Heights. Prairie Heights is in their sectional, so that's a nice. When it was 38-30, kind of a scrappy grind about performance. It's a tough, asked, tough game. I asked, it's kind of like the Texas Tech-Tennessee uh, game yesterday. 57-52 and oh over, yeah. t- overtime. Everyone, everyone was just thinking about that right away. Overtime. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I talked. To, I asked Brody about that Prairie Heights game, and he just said, you know, my <laughs> assistant coach, Troy Sands, like, last year he wouldn't have been – he said he said to me last year, like, Troy Sands said – Last year, if we were in that same spot, I wouldn't have been 100% confident that we were going to win that game. But this year, he's 100% confident they're going to win that game because of the experience they have. They just know they have the players that can make the plays in the late. So, Fairfield is playing well. And uh, they are obviously like they're trending in the right direction. And who knows? Uh, maybe they move up to that number one spot here if they pick up a couple big wins uh, against some, some quality teams coming up Lakeland, Northridge, Fort Wayne, Snyder, Garrett. So, you never know. You don't. They already picked up one win this week, though, in the Athlete of the Week poll. Oh. Uh-huh. Transition. Uh, that's a good one. Let's go. Uh, you heard me say her name, Brooke Sanchez. She is this week's Goshen News Athlete of the Week, presented by Play It Against Sports. 
had a big game against Angola last week, 25 points, 8 rebounds in the victory. Only had 5 points and 7 rebounds against Prairie Heights, but that big performance against Angola uh, got her the nomination pretty much, and then she didn't play terribly terrible against Prairie Heights. Sounds like no one really scored well offensively against Prairie Heights and another team. So she is our athlete of the week. She won the closest vote we've had all year. Three votes. She won by three votes over second place. Who was second place? You'll never find out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. The suspense there. The suspense. Uh, so congratulations, Brooke. And uh, guess what? You might have heard me say it. But the Goshen News Athlete of the Week is sponsored by our friends that play it against sports. They are our friends. We love them to death. But now we're out of gift cards, so we have we to... we got to get more <laughs> gift cards for play it against sports. <laughs> Evan, I just want to let you know, Evan, that you may never outgrow your favorite sports, but you may outgrow your equipment. Your locally owned play it against sports provides an easy way to sell your quality used goods and fitness gear to get paid on the spot. Or trade up for what you need now. Not only will you save with affordable used gear, but they also supply the latest new equipment and accessories for the most popular brands. Visit our local Play It Against sports store located right in front of the Concord Mall in the Elkhart Dunlap area for all the best deals on sports equipment. Play It Against Sports is the proud presenting sponsor of the Ghost News Athlete of the Week. And the Athlete of the Fall, which we wrapped up this past week. Congratulations, Sybil Stilson, Northwood Senior Girls Golfer won the Athlete of the Fall Award as well. So we will be getting her a nice commemorative plaque to... Uh, I was going to say, wait a minute, haven't we announced this? But We announced it on social media on remember, Friday. We have not done a podcast since... I remember we did the video. Yeah. So I was like, wait, I feel like I've heard this already. Yes. But it was on that video. Yes. So We did the podcast. We have not done a podcast since the Athlete of the Fall vote came out. So congratulations, Sybil Stilson, on winning that award. She did, she did more than enough to uh, earn yeah. it, that's for uh, sure. All-state golfer, IHSA, Mental Attitude Award, set a state record in the regional with a 62, won numerous individual championships this year, including the regional and the sectional. Uh, yeah, I would say she was pretty well-deserving of that. So, And the and the Northwood community came out and voted for her, so that's, that's the key. So, Yes. Congratulations, Brooke. Athlete of the Week, congratulations, Sybil. Athlete of the Fall. Two females. How about that? It's been going well, I would say. This athlete of the week eight, slash eight, now fall. Eight girls, eight girls and five boys have won the athlete of the week award this year. So, wow. So we've already been doing this for a few months. It's crazy. I remember when this was in the uh, this, the Infancy? beginning the beginning stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we talked about this as far back as March. Yeah, and we really got it going here in, over the summer, and here we are. 16 week we're week 16 of doing this we've done 13 athlete of the weeks we did one week we didn't have a vote and then we have the athlete of the fall so 13 athlete of the weeks this is our 16th week total doing it since we since we started so very cool fun stuff all right uh now we've got the athlete of the week done swimming swimming is off and rolling it is uh, you were at concord wallacee last night evan leepak uh i was concord another concord record was set last night it was you know, it was kind of a weird, uh, it was a dual meet. Yep. Both boys and girls, Concord, Wawasee, two of the better teams in the Northern Lakes Conference. Obviously, there's only a few of them. Eight. In swimming. Oh, all, eight. Eight, all eight swim. All eight swim. All eight swim. <laughs> I'm thinking the NECC. There's none that swim yeah. in the NECC, which is weird. I don't, 
I don't understand that. Just numbers, numbers at the school, interest in general. True. Should we do some investigative reporting? Why is that the case? Hamilton well, has eight kids. Why is there no swimming? They're not going to have a swimming team. <laughs> but I feel like other places Fairfield could. doesn't have soccer. Yeah, that's true. So it's just a numbers game. Yeah. Maybe there is interest in swimming at those schools, but who knows? Maybe it's worth some investigation. Maybe that'll come one day. But today, but, we're discussing NLC. Yes. Specifically, Concord and Wawasee. Concord swept Wawasee, both boys and girls. They went 22 of the 24 events last night. Um, Wawasee was down a few people, down a few swimmers, some depth. They didn't have anybody in the girls' butterfly event, so that doesn't help with the points, obviously. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Grace Brenneman, Notre Dame commit, which is pretty awesome, mm-hmm. I think. Notre Dame signee. Yeah, signee. Not I th- even a commit anymore. She is signed. She's going there. Yeah. Next Fair, next fall. Next Yale fall. Clark County Fair Queen as well. Grace Brenneman from this year. <laughs> well, I in put... Case you, in case you forgot about the fair. I, I put, <laughs> Saw her every day. Hey, I, Grace, how you doing? I put commit in the story, and that was probably not fixed. That's fine. Commit's right. She's... Committed it's there. technically right, but it's technically not right. But yeah, she uh, 50 freestyle, 23 seconds, 23.22 seconds, which was a school record that she broke. Her own school record. Yep, from last season, mm-hmm. last year at state. So it was very, it was very recent. So you could probably expect her to maybe, you know, break it once again at some point this mm-hmm. year. Again, like I said, and uh, yeah, she she's off to junior nationals. Apparently, she she's left this morning, according yeah. to Concord head coach Tom Johnson. So she's uh, very busy, and it'll it'll be exciting to see also that she accomplishes the rest of her uh, senior season. She's definitely high school I think, swimming. I think she's the top swimmer for us this year, like in terms of like chances to win at state. You know, yeah. she's going to be in contention the whole way. We have, obviously, the couple divers at Northridge, in, uh, Giselle Miller and Caitlin Simons. Yeah, I, I mean, good. those, the chances of, e- like, at least one of them winning state is actually pretty high. Mm-hmm. So, Giselle's off to a great start this year. So is Caitlin. And then Grace, obviously, had a great performance yesterday. Um, I was kind of, you know, these, these dual meets during the season, it's weird because depth really does matter if you're going to like try to score enough points to win you know it kind of evens out when you get to conference meet sectionals because it's all all the teams get you know have swimmers there so it's a little less like oh i can just put five people in one event score 20 of the 23 points available and like go up you know so Mm -hmm. um but you know once again concord northridge appear to be you know the standard bears of swimming in the nlc and it will be interesting Come, you know, conference and sectional time. How those individuals, their top stars, do? Because um, I think they're going to win, you know, all of the regular season meets. Obviously, except when they play, play swim against each other. You know, they're going to obviously someone will have to lose that. So I think last year, uh, the Concord boys won and the Northridge girls won. Mm-hmm. So they they swim against each other on January sixth. It's probably something we'll be at. You could say race, not play. They yeah, race against race, each other. Yeah. They swim against each other. Swim. Yeah. But yeah, I think we'll be well represented, the teams that we cover. We had a lot of returning talent from the people that went to state last year. Mm-hmm. So I think the girls will be well represented. It'll be whether the boys can get some more 
you know, competitors compared to last season, you know, at state. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Shall be interesting to see. That's why we, uh, that's why they play. That's why swim. They, that's why they play the match. That's why, that's why they, they play the swims. <laughs> <laughs> um, quickly, let's talk a little wrestling. Wrestling. Uh, Goshen High School. They're not wrestling right now. They have a lot of COVID issues within the program. They are off until December 17th. And per IHSAA rules, you have to get a couple practices in after you um, go out for a long time. So you they cannot actually compete in that event until December 20th. Not great. Um, they have to reschedule now. They're supposed to rest, they were supposed to wrestle Wawasee this Thursday. Northwood at home next Tuesday. And then Northridge at Northridge next Thursday. All those have to be moved. The Northridge one actually was moved to January 13th. I have not heard anything about the Wawasee or the Northwood dates. Goshen was also scheduled to compete in the Hobart Invitational this weekend. Obviously, they will not be competing in that. Uh, tough break for them. You know, they've been they had a nice start to the season. They, you know, were doing well in these invites overall. They lost their NLC matches, which obviously you want to win those. But they were, I think, uh, you have their records pulled up by chance there, Mister Wi-Fi Man. The record is escaping me. I did not uh, write that down before I came in. They're like the ten and five, I think. Ten and five. 0 ten and, and five and zero oh and two in the mm-hmm. NLC. Lost to Mishawaka and Plymouth in NLC duels at the Plymouth uh, Super Duel this past weekend. So that's tough. But uh, you know they they would and Wawasee. We're going to get to them here in a second. Very strong. Northwood is is showing some signs of having some good wrestlers as well. Northridge looks pretty down this year. So you you might have been able to beat Northridge. But um, we'll see. So hopefully they get healthy. I saw Coach Jim Pickard at the basketball game last night, so he he must be okay. So did you ask him about no, his team's COVID? Issues? I did not. I was a little focused on the game. So he was sitting near the, the Goshen student section with his wife, uh, just you know enjoying the game. So he was he was taking in the historic and venerable. Ness All of the historicness of and the gym. of the gym. <laughs> all the wood. It's like wow. So much. Look wood. at all this wood. How many? How many trees do you think it took to uh, put in all that wood? I don't. Fifty. I don't have a number. The <laughs> really big trees, like fifty oak trees. I don't know. Hey, anyway, while probably we'll see, way more than anyway, that. Anyway, <laughs> while we wrestling is doing well. Um, I know. They won the Warsaw Super Duels. They are now 9-0 overall in the season with a conference record. Pull it up for me, Evan. And it is... 1-0? According to this thing, 1-0. They beat Warsaw on Saturday. Uh, Wawasee had eight individuals finish as medalists at the Warsaw Super Duels. And here they are. You ready for this? Here we go. Caleb Salazar at 106 pounds. Dylan Tom at 126. Logan Stuckman, 132. He was a Goshen athlete. Goshen News Athlete of the Week nominee this year, this week. Mm-hmm. Hunter Miller at 138. Ethan Rodriguez, 145. Gavin Malone, 160. Cameron Zimmerman, 170. And Tim Short, 182. Tim Short. 182 pounds. Mm. He's not that short, I guess. Ha! Got him. He's not short on weight. Boom. Doom. Uh, they're pl- they're playing good. They're wrestling good. Whatever you want to call it. They're wrestling. They dude. are by far, I think, our best team right now. Uh, does that mean they could win the NLC? We'll see. Mishawaka is always 
there for wrestling in the NLC, so it's going to be tough. And uh, it should be uh, should be fun to follow the Warriors along this uh, this winter. So the wrestling warriors, the grappling cavemen. Who's going to win the NLC? Stick around and find out. Stay tuned. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Exclusively revealed on this podcast yeah. or whenever they wrestle. <laughs> so on our Twitter. On our Twitter, we will definitely retweet a score. Um, so yeah, it's uh you know obviously wrestling in general. Our NECC teams struggled big time at the Super Duel on Saturday. I think they went a combined like three and seventeen, and all they did was beat each other. So not great. Um, Northwood, nice performance over at Laporte. Three and two as a team. You know, maybe, maybe. Con- it's four and two. Four and two. They're four and two overall. They Correct. beat Concord during the week. Concord went three and two at Warsaw as well. So, I don't know. I don't know. Wrestling feels a little down in the area this year. Does that have you down? Yeah. Like this weather? Yeah. The seasonal depression? I like, I like having, you know, good... At, we have... Wawasi has good wrestlers, but like, you know, it's fun having a lot of good teams. Like, we just talked about boys basketball. There was like six, seven teams that I rattled off that I'm like, they could be good, like... Same thing with girls basketball. You know, Fairfield, Northridge is playing well. Um, you know, if Bethany gets healthy, they could make you know make some noise potentially. Concord's scrappy in girls basketball, I guess. Like scrappy. Goshen is trending in the right direction. Lakeland's trending in the right direction. Wallacee, even though they lost to Northridge last night, like girls basketball, like they're playing well for what maybe they were supposed to do. They're about five hundred. Can't right. talk. Six and four. So, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. We uh, we teased it earlier in the show, but Notre Dame football has a new head coach officially, Marcus Freeman, the 30th head coach in Notre Dame history, 35 years young, and uh, he might be the most impressive human being in the United States. Just going to put it out there. According to you, just because you read one Players' Tribune article. And watch all of his interviews <laughs> and listen to his spot in, uh, press conference, yes. I, that was not a press conference. I don't know what it, that was. It was not a press <laughs> conference. It was a celebration more than anything. And we got 15 minutes of Q&A at the end. So There's a, a couple hundred more people than I expected there. Even, Mike, even Mike Bray was in attendance. Yeah. He and, just wanted to see what a winner looked like. And all 20 of Ooh, Freeman's... Uh, Sorry. All 20 of Freeman's children were there <laughs> hey, as well. On, he's only got six. <laughs> he's only got six kids and maybe another one from a prior marriage but or prior relationship. His mom and dad were there as well. Very, I know. Very cool. He got very emotional talking about his kids. And, you know, he whispered like, damn. And everyone stood up and that was the moment of the press conference, I think. Or the ceremony. Well, again, it yeah. wasn't really a press conference. Sir Brady Quinn was there, so it made it a ceremony. Brady Quinn was there. I know. <laughs> he asked the first question. He took a question away from us. He's a media member now, I guess. He's like, now, now, members of the media. I guess I'll start. <laughs> I guess I'll start. That's hilarious. Uh, how's it been, Marcus? Like, yeah, great question, Brady. We've all been... I mean, that's, that's a TV question. It it's is a TV question. It's a TV guy question mm-hmm. right there. So... Yeah. Uh, I did, you know... You know, I will admit it was cool that Brady Quinn was there. 
I was a big Notre Dame fan when I was a kid. I'm not afraid to admit I got a Brady Quinn jersey. Like it was even cooler when you pulled out that jersey and, yeah. and went up to the uh-huh. on stage in front of everybody and was like, "Hey Brady, yeah. will you sign my jersey?" Yeah, right in front of everybody. You got to make sure you got to make an impact. You know, you got to be memorable for something in this business. You know, so. you probably would have been fired by Goshen News, but you get on viral. That would have hey. been kind of cool. Yeah, I know. Would have gotten a lot of clicks. Yeah. Of, I would have had picked up so many Twitter followers. Um, Doug would have been like, actually. This is generating business for us, so uh, <laughs> we can still we'll, we'll keep you. We'll keep you on. Now you gotta buy jerseys to get other people to sign them. <laughs> so every week we gotta but, go somewhere. Uh, yeah, I still I still got my Brady Quinn 2005, the green jerseys that they wore against uh, USC. I still got my. It doesn't fit me anymore. Obviously, uh, gained a couple pounds since when I was ten. Um, I wasn't even a Notre Dame fan. Well, I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but 2005. Everyone wanted USC to lose. I was I was very mad. Yeah. I was very mad that uh, Notre Dame couldn't do it. I thought they had won on that Bush the play before the Bush push when Leinert fumbled the ball and it went out of bounds and the clock ran out and it looked like the game was over. And they were like, yeah, Notre Dame. But they're like, no, no, we still got you know three seconds left or whatever, eight seconds left, and they do the Bush push and little ten year old Austin man, he was upset. Matt Leinert just pushed him. It's, that play was illegal at the time. They didn't call it. They didn't call it. Also, the ball should have been at like the eight yard line, not the two. If you look at the replay, Liner fumbles the ball and it went out of bounds, back back toward like the six yard line. So the, the ball should have it should have been placed where the ball went out of bounds, not where he got hit. And they put it where he got hit at the one yard line. If there was instant replay review like that in college football at the time, like we wouldn't even be talking about this. Unless you know they threw a touchdown pass or something, then we'd be talking about the Liner. Liner throw or something. Liner, the liner lift. They lost. Hey, they lost Austin's, to Texas after. Ten-year-old Austin is trying to recover from that. Still, okay. I'm talking through the pain right now. Um. Anyway, Marcus Freeman. He's going to be a solid awesome. coach. I think he's going to be good. You're uh, the Notre Dame reporter. Give us our analysis, please. Give us the rundown. His uh, six-step plan. To uh, a national championship. Six-step plan. It's not like he needed to take six steps. It sounded more like, you know, we're close. He thinks they're close. I think they're close, too. Yeah, big They're a top-four program in the last five years. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it's just the, the, the biggest key is probably retaining most of the staff, keeping most of the guys on. They only lost – I mean, they lost Polian, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Lost the offensive line coach. Well, Jeff Quinn hasn't really been – there's no like official status of him. He hasn't committed either, which mean, makes right. me think that he's not going to come back because everyone else already has. Mm-hmm. So, but that's big, and it seems like he's going to send a jolt of more positive energy. Not to say that Brian Kelly was not doing that. He's obviously the winningest Notre Dame football coach in history for a reason. But you know, Marcus Freeman, younger, he's he's going to put his own spin on the program. And if it works out, he could be here for a very, very long time. So, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. He's I hope young. for his sake, you know, for Notre Dame's sake, it works out. Yeah, and you, you could just tell being there Monday, you know, he emphasized recruiting like three different times in his answers. I liked his answer about if I'm not the lead recruiter for every kid, then like I'm cheating them basically. Like I want to be there and be the guy that they meet, you know, or conceal the deal basically. Like. Um. Yeah, I he just it. I kind of tried to put this in a, my column from Monday. Just 
the feel around Notre Dame right now. Like, I don't think I've ever felt this type of energy. Not granted, I, I did grow up a Notre Dame fan, and and like, but I'm not like close, right, to them. Like, I've kind of fell out of them for a couple years at college, and so they're not really like. But like, 2012 was obviously very exciting. They hadn't been that good in a long time. Like 2005, yes, but like undefeated, going to the national championship. There was a lot of excitement behind that in 12, and then obviously Alabama crushed them and fine. You know, 20, I, even like the two playoff years, like, yes, they've been fun. But you just kind of had a sense of like, well, Notre Dame has been here before. They win a lot of games in the regular season. Like, let's see how they do in the postseason. Like, yes, they're going to go to the playoff, but like, you know, and then they lose the big games, you know, and it's like, well, same old Notre Dame, right? You know? They'll win this time, though. I think they should beat Oklahoma State. By the way, Notre Dame's in the uh, oh, yeah. PlayStation the Fiesta Bowl. Yes, they're in the Fiesta Bowl. In uh, Glendale. Glendale, Arizona. Jan 1, 1 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Yep. Woo. Local time, 11 a.m. In front of like 30,000 people. We'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it's very easy to get out there. So, yeah, we'll see how many people show up. Yeah, it should be a uh, a good game, two good defenses. I would bet the under if I'm, you know, one of those. Depends what the under is. But, yeah, that's a good bet. Over, under, I unless it's, like, something absurdly low. You know, I feel like the under is definitely in play. If it's, like, close to 50, you take the under for it, sure. It feels like if they get this victory over Oklahoma State that, like, this could jumpstart them even more. Like, you know, because they haven't gotten the big near six bowl game win since 1994. And if Marcus Freeman gets it in his first game as the head coach, like, wow. Like, feels like they're off to the races with the recruiting and everything and what the ceiling is for this program. They got enough talent coming back next year where they're going to be ranked in the top ten at a minimum going into next year. Like, if you get a big win like this, that feels like it could just fuel this program. And then you open with Ohio State in September to the 2022 season. Marcus Freeman goes home. Opens against Ohio State in his first full season as head coach at Notre Dame. The storyline writes itself. You could you could start writing that story right now. Yep. Um, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see how they do the next month. Uh, I'm intrigued by – I love the hire of Freeman. I vouched for him last week when we were on the podcast. I said he's the right guy, young, energetic, great recruiter. People love him, players coach, right? All that, all those key lingo words that people t- say about Marcus Freeman and – he earned the job. Like Jack Swarbrick said, he won the job. You know, it wasn't just something that, like, oh, the players told me on Twitter to hire him, so I did. Like, no, Marcus Freeman is the right guy, I think, for this this job. And, uh, you know, I think the proof of that is less than two hours after he's introduced to that ceremony, he's uh, getting on the private jet with Tommy Reese to go recruit, you know? Like, he's he's committed all the way through. Early, to be fair, everyone's early doing sun- that. <laughs> what? Everyone's doing that, you I have know, to at this point. You know, he could have taken Monday to relax, but he's not. You know, he's out there grinding. So, early signing period is uh, December 15th. So, they're probably trying to lock up a couple guys and make sure the commitments they have are still happy, you know. So, yep. go eat dinner with the family, compliment mom's lasagna, and, uh, you know, get a five-star linebacker or whatever. So, anything else you want to add from this week, uh, Evan? I think you've added everything that we need to talk about 
when it talks when it comes to uh, Marcus Freeman and what he brings to the table. Did yep. a great job. One one last note from the local local sports world: Goshen College basketball swept Spring Arbor Saturday at home, men's and women's basketball. Both won over Spring Arbor in Crossroads League action. First time since 2016 that both Goshen College teams won at home on the same day. It's bad. It's not great, but it's great that they got the monkey they, off their back. So The end of the streak. Yep. So hopefully men's they, team they had can lost, continue to do that. Men's team had lost seven in a row overall going in. I'm not, I'm not going to say don't sleep on the women's team, but they're five and six. Two and two in the Crossroads League now. Maybe, maybe they're figuring it out. We'll see how they do the next couple weeks, some of their non-conference games, before they jump back into conference play against Marion to start the year. But, the calendar year, 2022. But, I'm putting them in, I'm putting them on watch. And they're my watch list. Goshen College Women's Basketball. They might be okay. Might be okay. And on that note, that will wrap up this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You are fantastic. We'll be back uh, next week, next Wednesday, with another new episode, chatting about all the local sports, breaking down everything going on, and uh, getting you ready for even some uh, more uh, Notre Dame Notre Dame stuff, too. Why not? We'll talk a little, sure. little Fighting Irish. Yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll reconvene that. 